Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear hotline, the drama unfolding before our eyes as we speak in Green Bay. What does it mean? There's drama overseas as well, and it sounds bad for Team USA. Plus two words to describe yourself and time today for your phone calls. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Pretty decent result for Green Bay, especially considering all of the drama this offseason. Packers are now offering concessions to the reigning NFL MVP, reports ESPN's Adam Schefter. So if Aaron Rodgers still wants to trade after this year, he can get it. 25 minutes ago, Aaron Rodgers walked into the Green Bay Packers training facility with his sort of long hair in a ponytail, a pair of funky-looking, what I would describe as Devo-looking sunglasses, but they're yellow, and a T-shirt depicting Kevin from The Office spilling chili. Aaron Rodgers famously said we all need to R-E-L-A-X. And today, he seems a lot more relaxed than I feel. And he's the man in the, the, literally the eye of a hurricane. He walked into that building like he had absolutely not a care in the world. And the only thing I can ask is, what just happened here? 24 hours ago, we're sitting in these seats and we're wondering, is this holdout going to be forever? Can he possibly ever play for the Packers again? At what point will the fans turn on him? His teammates turn on him? He can't possibly be in the same room with Mark Murphy. He can't be in the same room with Brian Gutekunst. 24 hours later, he gets off a private jet and he goes strolling in in a pair of flip-flops. I can't believe what I just saw. Going back to the day of the draft, when Adam Schefter reported that Rodgers wanted out, and for anyone who may be wondering, well, have we had the story wrong the whole time? Hell no. He and his team have had a million opportunities to correct the record if the record was incorrect. But he's the one who said it was a beautiful mystery, and he's the one who kept going on with McAfee and talking about these things and went on with Kenny Mayne and talked about the organization and didn't show up for mandatory and non-mandatory things for the first time in his career. This was all real. So what happened? They gave him some concessions. What are they? The devil is always in the details, but I need to see these because unless they are something I've not yet pictured, this feels like an enormous win for the Green Bay Packers, and my buddy Orlovsky said that exactly on Get Up this morning. This feels like a huge swing and miss by Rodgers in his camp. It just does. Like it, I know we continue to throw around the word concession, but like it doesn't seem like there has been a ton from the Packers other than saying, hey, we'll look at it again. Next year, the Packers get to eat their cake and have it too, whatever the saying is. Like, they get to take the young quarterback, they get to groom the young quarterback, and keep the MVP of the league on the same team. So they get to do that as an organization. And that just, to me, seems like a huge win by Green Bay. Let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Uh, The expression is you get to have your cake and eat it too, and that is exactly what the Packers get. They get exactly what they wanted. They get Rodgers to come in. They make no meaningful concession. They planned on this coming season being his last season all along. That's why they drafted Jordan Love. Jordan Love has been earmarked by that organization to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2022 from the moment they drafted him. So now in comes Rodgers. Did they clear the deck so he becomes a free agent after this season? From everything we're hearing, no. This is not the Tom Brady situation all over again. On August 4th of 2019, 
Tom Brady worked out a deal with Robert Kraft in New England that removed any control the Patriots had over him when the season ended. Agreements they did not have to make. But they agreed they would not franchise him, they would not tag him in any way, and he was unencumbered. He was free and clear. He got to choose wherever he wanted to go, so he went to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that didn't have to trade away any of their assets. They had all their complement of draft picks. They had all their best players. Aaron Rodgers isn't getting that. So now your next season, let's say they put some poison pill in this contract. You know, they're going to owe him some insane amount of money if he's still on the roster the first day of the 2020 league, 2022 league season. So they are forced to trade him. What exactly is it that makes them trade him where he wants to go? Let's say he wants to go to Denver. Let's say the Miami Dolphins offer a better package. Let's say the New York Jets offer. I'm just making they wouldn't be them. Anybody offers the Packers. If, if, if the Broncos know that Aaron wants to be there and they know that it is in the contract that Rodgers can force his way out in a trade, well, why are they offering two ones and two twos and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know why? Because other teams will. So eventually, it will get to a place, unless we need to see the details here, unless there's something in this contract that I can't imagine what it is, some team will still have to trade a significant amount, a significant amount of value to acquire Aaron Rodgers from the Packers next year. So they will get their MVP back this season. They will compete for a championship. And then they'll be able to trade him next year. It's exactly what they wanted all along. The Packers are huge winners in this. Huge. Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst just kind of hung in there. And in the end, as far as I'm concerned, they win. Huge. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, so in, in, in the absence of all the other information that we have here, I just gave Hembo a little assignment. I said, Hembo... Give me some numbers because the, the, the analytics people, of which you are one, love Rodgers. They adore Rodgers. Nobody in the history of the sport has numbers like Rodgers does. Tom Brady has all those rings, and everyone has to respect those. But the numbers that Aaron Rodgers puts up, particularly in touchdown and interception ratios, are, lit- are just insane. Let's hear a couple of them. Greeny, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 99 touchdowns against only 11 interceptions over the last three seasons. 99 to 11. That is by far the best ratio of its kind over any three-season span in the history of the NFL. Any three-season span. And bear in mind, at least one of those, if not two of those seasons, we were talking about how they were down years for Rodgers (laughs) by his standards. Because those numbers were... The interception numbers were insanely low, but it was last year that boosted the touchdowns, right? Like he was in the 20s, the 20s, and then the 40s. Right, that's exactly right. What were the numbers again? His, his numbers last year, what was it, 45 touchdowns? 48, it, was, it was something ridiculous like that. To be clear, his 9-to-1, nine, 9 touchdowns for every one pick ratio, is the best in any three-season span in history. The second best is Tom Brady, for a stretch in which his ratio was 5.7 <laughs> to 1. It's not even close. It's not close. He was throwing less than six touchdowns for every pick. Rodgers has thrown nine. What were the numbers Listen last year? Over the, yeah, so 48 to 5 last year. 48 touchdowns and five interceptions last year. That's not possible. 
26 to 40 or the, the year before, 26 to 2 the year before. 26 that. to 2. We were talking about it. I take back mm. none of it because the eye test suggested it was real. But we were talking about how maybe he was starting to show signs of wear and tear and age, and he threw 26 touchdowns and two picks. I want to give more context to this. Now, you know I'm a believer in Jameis Winston. I haven't given up on him. But Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay for five years. He threw 88 interceptions. Now, he has played six years, but he didn't play for the Saints last year. He, he barely saw the field, and he didn't throw a pick. So, really... He has thrown 88 interceptions in five seasons. Rodgers has been the starter for 13 seasons and thrown 89. (laughs) He's only thrown one more pick than Jameis Winston. He's played almost three times as many seasons. Aaron Rodgers could throw 200 straight interceptions. He could throw an interception on each of his next 200 pass attempts. And still have a better career touchdown to interception ratio than Jameis Winston. So let me ask you, how many interceptions without throwing a touchdown does Rodgers need to throw before they call on Blake Bortles, before they call on Jordan about Love? About 200. They would probably have to get to that. He would probably have to throw interceptions on his first 200 passes before they would bench him this year. And when he takes the field in week one, he'll become the longest tenured player in the history of the Packers. It is, it is a fascinating thing, that symmetry that we've talked about. Bart Starr, the legend, was the starting quarter, or was, a, was on, on the Green Bay Packers roster for 16 years. Brett Favre, the legend, Packers, 16 years. Aaron Rodgers, the legend, Packers, 16 years. As of now, it starts 17. So he will surpass those two guys. I, I remain floored by how this has turned out. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We need to get more into this, and we will, when Mike Tannenbaum joins us coming up in just a few moments. And then I will give you another statistic about another player in another sport that suggests he is genuinely having a season unlike any in the history of anything. Don't miss it. That's next. We're just getting started. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My buddy uh, Mike Tannenbaum will join us here on the Goodyear Hotline in 30 seconds 
walk us through all this business with Aaron Rodgers. And there are quite a few other things I want to talk about with Mike T. And we'll do it after these 30 seconds from Straight Talk Wireless. You know, 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. And with that, we say good morning again, Mike Tannenbaum. Good morning, Greeny. Long time no talk. Yes, exactly. We just did two hours of TV together, but I'm delighted to have you here because you and I are both perplexed. So, Uh, You and I have actually been talking to each other now since six o'clock this morning when we had our production meeting for Get Up. And and all of that time, you have continued to say to me, and it confirmed my feelings, that until we see the details in this agreement that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have, it feels like the Packers got everything they could have wanted out of this. And Rodgers got comparatively very little at least as compared to what we might have been expecting coming into the process. I'll, I'll give you the floor. What are your thoughts? Greeny, I completely agree. And again, we need to see those details, but unless there's a massive trigger of call it a roster bonus or guaranteed money of well into 50, 60, $70 million, that's going to force Green Bay's hand short of something like that. Green Bay is in total control next year, and I appreciate what Adam Schefter has been saying, Greeny, which is they've shortened the contract, so 2022 is now the last year. But if I'm Green Bay, I'm doing backflips because I know I have them this year, and at least I believe they're going to have some sort of control next year. So I'm really not sure how much of a victory this is for Aaron Rodgers, if at all. Yeah, there's so many different things here, but what you put what I guess that might be described colloquially as a poison pill, right? You put that into the contract. But yep. that doesn't right. dictate that Rodgers gets to go where he wants to go. So if, if you're the Denver Broncos and you know that Rodgers wants to come there, well, you may not be inclined to offer that much in a trade to the Packers. But what if you're the Miami Dolphins or some other team I'm making up? All of a sudden you say, you know what? We'll bet three first-round picks on the fact that Rodgers will come here rather than retiring if they trade him to me or something like that. Um, this thing could still go sideways in a lot of different ways. To say he controls the situation, I mean, you were the one who pointed out to me this morning the difference in where, where he will be relative to where Brady was in August of 2019. That's exactly right. When he redid his contract in August, Greeny, that was the last year of his contract. He couldn't be franchised. He couldn't be transitioned. It was clear he was an unfettered free agent, and he just happened to pick Tampa Bay. The rest is obviously history. This situation, to me, is much more akin, ironically, to the one I dealt with over a decade ago when Brett Favre said, hey, I don't want to be here. They didn't want him anymore. Ironically, it was to put Aaron Rodgers on the field. But although they were upset with one another, it created strange bedfellows because Green Bay was going to trade Favre, but not to the NFC. And that's why at the Jets, we were lucky enough to get him. If we fast forward a year from now, I think your point's well taken. Teams like Miami, Denver, Vegas, are a lot more of a likely landing spot because I just don't see Green Bay ever trading Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team. Right. And, and I mean, I remember that history well, but you were actually in, on the inside living it 
Favre didn't want to come to the Jets, and you guys had to talk him into it, right? Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, had to go and meet with him personally, and, I mean, the details of where he could go hunting and all that kind of stuff. Like, you guys had to really talk him into coming to the Jets. But in the end, he wound up in a good place, and you guys had a good year. But that's not where he wanted to be, and that could be Rogers' future. That's exactly right. And without Green Bay slowing down the situation where – all Brett wanted to do was go to either Minnesota or Tampa Bay. Minnesota, obviously, that was the rival of the Packers. Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay was where John Gruden was coaching at the time, who had coached Brett Favre in Green Bay. So there was a connection there. So if we fast forward next year, if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Team X, and for whatever reason, Green Bay says, no, we don't want you to go to Team X, they're going to have another major issue to work through. That's why these details are so important. And you make a great point, Greeny, which is Tom Brady in August of 2019 was an unfettered free agent. And without that sort of clear demarcation, Aaron Rodgers may not be in the position that he thinks he's in because a year from now, Green Bay reportedly is going to have some sort of veto power. Exactly. And and if you're the Packers, you could hold this thing as tight as you want to hold it on some level, I suppose. You tell the Broncos, okay, you want you, we're trade you Aaron Rodgers. You give us Von Miller, and we'll call it a day. I mean, there there are a lot of ways I could see that going. Hembo, did you have one thing before I moved on? I do, Mike. We've all heard of no trade clauses, obviously, or even no trade lists. Is that something that you think that Rodgers and the Packers could get creative, where he puts together a list of teams that he would or would not want to go to? And if so, how long would such a list be? Yeah, no, that happens all the time where you, you say, hey, here's the handful of teams we're thinking about, and you can quickly desert, get it down to, let's say, three or four teams that both the team and the player agree to. And again, Hembo, I think in this case, it's very clear that it's going to be the AFC, and I would think with Aaron Rodgers and his fiance and their ties to California, it would probably be Denver West. And if I'm Green Bay, I'm very comfortable with that. So I think that's, of all the issues they have to work through, I think there's a landing spot there. Wow. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum with us here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. In the meantime, Tannenbaum, while I have you, uh, let me ask you about something else that came up on the TV show this morning. So you are one of many who have just fallen into this annual trap where you are just <laughs> you have the, the Dallas Cowboys as the biggest threat to Tampa and the NFC and Everything else, you, you love the Cowboys. And as I've said a million times, the Cowboys are historically undefeated in July. They're always the best team in the summer. But then later in the show, I was asking you about the Washington football team, and in particular their quarterback. And you ran through a lengthy list of, of how good the weapons are there, underappreciatedly good in the receivers and McLaurin and, and Curtis Samuel and the running back and Gibson and, and, and a better offensive line than people realize and, and maybe the best defense in football. And you told me you think Fitzpatrick will play well. How in the world is that not not only the best team in that division if the quarterback plays well, but a legit, a much more legit challenger to Tampa and anybody else in the NFC? I, I can I appreciate the question, and you know I could see this, and there's ambiguity there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott, and I think a better offense than Washington and. Clearly, Washington has a much better defense in Dallas, markably better. But I'm a big believer in Dak Prescott. And if Dan Quinn could get this Cowboy defense better to the middle of the pack, make a handful of plays on third down in the red zone, I think Dallas is going to be that good on offense that they'll still be better than Washington. But I, I see both teams making the playoffs, and I just put the ceiling a little bit higher on Dallas just because I think that offense could be better. But 
I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick's in a good situation. And I think I know you're really bullish on them, Greeny. I think Washington is a little bit under the radar on the national scene in terms of how good they could be this year. Uh, they remind me of San Francisco mm. two years ago. They, they have a mm. quote-unquote journeyman quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G was not that, and it's not fair to say that, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, and he's not Russell Wilson, um, but he was more than adequate. And if you actually look at the names on the backs of the jerseys, they have better skill position players than San Francisco did that year, and they've got the same defense. They have the same ridiculously dominant position group up front that just wreaks havoc with you, havoc, and and their names are phenomenal. You got guys named what Pain and Sweat, and I mean that's like a scary sounding group of people <laughs> that they have there to go with Chase Young and Jonathan Allen. I think they're going to be great. Now let me ask you this: How about the Giants? Because I got people telling me left and right that with all the acquisitions they've made. And with an offensive line that has to get better because it just can't get worse, and they've they've used so many assets on it, that if Daniel Jones takes a step forward, that the Giants could all of a sudden be a sneaky, interesting pick. What do you think? I think we're going to know everything about Daniel Jones this year. If, if I'm a Giant fan, I think they had a really effective offseason. They threw a ton of resources to make their quarterback better, from Galladay drafting Kadarius Tony in the first round, who I think is a really interesting and versatile receiver from – Florida, mm-hmm. and when you look at Dory Jackson, they should be better. You know, in terms of players, skill players in offense, adding a corner, and I just don't know. Like we're talking about these two other teams, I just don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be in that conversation with Dak Prescott, and certainly I don't know if he's going to be able to solve the riddle of this Washington defense. So I think they're going to be better. I think they had a good off season, but I think there's a line, Washington and Dallas, then a line, and then the Giants. Okay, fair enough. We'll see if it goes that way. One more for you, Mike T. A little later this hour, I'm going to do a green list of, of my top five storylines to watch during training camp. And let me get your take on the rookie quarterbacks. There were five in the first round this year. Two of them are basically being handed the starting job, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. How about the other three? How many of the other three do you think wind up being the week one starter when the season begins? Well, I think Fields, to me, Greeny, is a no-brainer. I know what Matt Nagy said, but he's so much better than Andy Dalton. So, to me, I see him starting. And then, you know, the other one which should be interesting is, you know, Matt Jones against Cam Newton. I was wrong. I thought Cam Newton was going to be better last year. But I think he'll play better. And my gut is um, it'll be Cam Newton early, and then Matt Jones plays at some point. So, I think those two for sure will start. Um, and we'll see how the rest play out. All right. We'll see how it winds up going. Mike T was really fun today as always. Thank you. Be well down there. And we'll talk soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Greeny. Appreciate it. That's Mike Tannenbaum with me here on ESPN radio. And I want to remind you that we are live coast to coast every single day on ESPN radio for two hours, but there are other ways that you can hang out with us and you can do it on your own time. One of them is that we stream on ESPN+. Plus. We stream live, but then the show lives all two hours of it for the entirety of the rest of the day. So catch up with the fun conversations that we have here anytime you want. We are also a podcast. Both hours of the show are posted daily as a podcast. That's available wherever you listen to podcasts. It is called Hashtag Greeny, and you can check it out anytime and any place you want. Meanwhile, The Scoop. You know, for all the attention that he gets, I still think sometimes we are selling short the season that Shohei Otani is having. Uh, granted, he he was the star of stars at the All-Star Game. And yes, people are paying attention to what he's doing. But as I was going through the notes on him today, 
And I turned to my friend Hembo here, who loves baseball more than you love anything. I, I found this astonishing. So he pitched for the Angels yesterday against Colorado. He pitched seven innings. His 99th pitch was clocked at 100 miles an hour. It ended the top of the seventh inning, and it resulted in his 100th strikeout of the season. So Shohei Otani now has 100 strikeouts as a pitcher and 35 home runs as a batter. That's before the end of July. The record for most home runs by a pitcher who struck out 100 batters in the season is nine. (laughs) The record is nine. It's held by someone from Cleveland in 1931 that I've never heard of. Do you have his first name? His last name is Farrell or Farrell. I don't even know who this is. Wes. Wes. His name is Wes. Wes Farrell. Mm -hmm. He hit nine home runs and struck out 123 batters in the season of 1931. No one has come closer than that. Otani has 100 strikeouts and 35 home runs, and it is still July. It's ridiculous. No pitcher who has ever recorded a triple-digit strikeouts added more than nine home runs in the same season. Meanwhile, he has stolen 14 bases. The list of players with at least 35 home runs and 14 steals. Let's make this clear. We're not talking about pitchers. This has nothing to do with his pitching. Just having 35 home runs and 14 steals before August 1st, the list is Christian Yelich, Sammy Sosa, Ken Griffey Jr., Jeff Bagwell twice, and Shohei Otani. That's just his offense. (laughs) That's without being a pitcher. It's ridiculous. We have these advanced stats. Hembo lives for them. He brings more value this season as a position player than Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, or Manny Machado. He brings more value as a pitcher than Max Scherzer, Zach Greinke, or Clayton Kershaw. He does both of those things. It's not possible. He's not just pitching and hitting. He's elite, like historically elite at both at the same time. That is definitively not something we thought was possible. So I know that you know who he is. I know you know he sold a ton of jerseys around the All-Star game. I know you know that his profile is starting to rise. But do you realize, just from a fan standpoint, you might be seeing the greatest season in baseball history. When you factor in everything, Hembo, I don't know who we generally give that to. Do we give it to Ruth, one of his best years? Yes, but in those seasons that he played two ways, he struck out 30 and 40 batters, respectively. Shohei Otani, over the course of a full season, is going to blow past all of those numbers on both sides of the plate. It's ridiculous. He probably, he may very, if this goes this way, we have two months left. If he continues at, at, at any thing approaching this pace, then I think when it's all said and done, we will be very well within our rights to wonder aloud, did we just see the greatest season in baseball history? He is, yeah, uh, he is normalizing the impossible to believe. He, he's normalizing something that we have never seen, and I know it because I've lived it. I played Division Two baseball, and on that level, the coaches don't let guys do two ways, and obviously players in high school play two ways all the time. Those are, the, you know, those are players that play college baseball. For him to be the best pitcher and position player on any given day in the big leagues is completely ridiculous. It's I've never seen anything like it in college. This is the big leagues. Yeah, it, it's not possible. So that's no. what I meant. Do you buy my argument 
that for all the attention he's getting, it's not enough, or at least it's not focused in the right way. Yes. yes we talk it, about him like he's a novelty. Mm-hmm. He's a freaking superstar on both at both things. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we dwell on the fact that what he's doing is so unique. Right. Not that what he is doing on both sides is so, is so extraordinary. He right. is having an MVP season twice. Correct. That's, that's better said than I said it. What, what he's doing is remarkable because he's doing something that no one generally does, which is do both at the same time. And I think that is getting more attention than the fact that he's so good at both of them. I really do. So I wanted to get that in there and just throw it in. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. In the meantime, I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I came across something yesterday that I just want you to know. So I'm interested in this business with Texas and Oklahoma. They're going to leave the Big 12. They're going to go to the SEC. And it is going to completely change college sports as we know them. I mean, I don't know exactly how long that will take. But within the next three years at minimum, college sports as we know them will look totally different. And I don't even want to get into whether that's good or bad because I don't know the answer to that. But I did see, I got a note in our hot list that gets sent out that the president of Oklahoma State University had apparently posted, Oklahoma State to be clear, had apparently posted some angry tweets about the fact that she is mad that Oklahoma is leaving. So I went to her Twitter account. Her name is Dr. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. It's either Dr. Case Shrum or Dr. Casey Shrum. It's, it's spelled K-A-Y-S-E. I, I, I apologize that I don't know which it is. But I read her tweets, and essentially, it was as advertised. She says they remain confident. They're in the strongest position they've ever been in. They're disappointed by the lack of engagement and transparency from her colleagues, the colleagues at Oklahoma. All of that is pretty normal. But I was mostly fascinated by her Twitter bio. In her bio... She describes herself as a visionary leader. That's her own Twitter bio. And much of the rest of it is somewhat fun and frivolous. Like, in the rest of the bio, she describes herself as being a devoted mom, a devoted wife, a mom to six amazing kids, and passionate about a great pair of heels. So it's clearly her own bio. Right? This isn't something that was put together like a LinkedIn page. <laughs> but she describes herself as a visionary leader. Those are the first words in her Twitter bio, and I'm here for it. To be clear, I think that's awesome. And it got me to thinking, what two words would I like to describe myself? Now, let the record show my Twitter bio, and I have never changed it from the day I logged on, I signed on to Twitter. My Twitter bio is the world's foremost authority on all matters. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that's a joke. Visionary leader, not so much. (laughs) So I started thinking, what two words would you use to describe yourself and your Twitter bio? Like, just feel free to be as self-aggrandizing as you choose, I suppose, because visionary leader is pretty good. Like, who are you? Well, I'm a visionary leader. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. (laughs) I'm, if you're a visionary leader, I'm impressed. So here are the words I came up with for myself. Should I break on that thought? Should I hold it? I think you should hold it because I don't think the audience is quite ready for what you're about to say. Okay. So I did a little work on this. And Hembo, you can have one if you want to. Okay. Nuno, you can have one. Devin, you can have one if you guys want to have your own two words. If you want to come up with two words for me, that's fine. Again, a two words outside of hashtag greenie that you would use to describe me. If I just gave you two words and said to you, can you tell that, that if, if someone walked up to you and just used these two words, would you be able to tell they're describing greenie? I think I've come up with the two words. And I will share them with you next. 
after this word from ZipRecruiter. So the football offseason is always wild, right? With all the trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires, teams have to be excited for the coming season. If you want to hire people you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back with two words on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. With you and Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. And you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Quick breaking news, and and there's no surprise in this whatsoever, but this is a statement released by uh, Greg Sankey, who is the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. It was released nine minutes ago. The University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, two esteemed academic institutions with storied athletics programs, today submitted formal requests for invitations to become members of the Southeastern Conference in 2025. So it is now official. Again, that's not a surprise. It is what we were expecting. Uh, but, boy, this thing sure moved fast. Right? Life comes at you real fast. Is it just me, or has the SEC become the single most powerful institution in college sports? And if the answer is yes, well, how long has that been the case? Because that's been cemented for me this week, right? Well, I, I think it already was. Yeah. This is just adding to it. Uh, look, this, is, this whole thing is going to become a land grab, right? I mean, all these different schools are now going to be ducking for cover. All the uh, – w- what would – all the schools of the soon-to-be former Big 12 Conference are going to be trying to figure out how they get into the ACC or the Big 10 or whatever. And there are a lot of geographic reasons why some of them most work. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens. One way or another, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because it's not a surprise. It was expected. But that has officially happened. Meanwhile, it does bring me back. I mentioned the president of Oklahoma State has as the first words of her Twitter bio, visionary leader, which I'm all for. 
mean, if you're going to describe yourself, describe yourself. You know, who's if, if she's not going to call herself a visionary leader, who is? So I'm good with it. So I started thinking after I saw that, what would be the appropriate words for me to describe myself? So my Twitter bio, again, it just says world's foremost authority on all matters, which is kind of a joke. Uh, it's obviously a joke. But I, I try to come up with two words to best describe me. And here's what I came up with. Loquacious companion. Loquacious <laughs> companion. And let me explain. I have only one skill. I have only one talent. I have only one thing I can do. Something breaks in your house, I can't fix it. You need, you need someone who's a great driver. You need someone who's a great... Uh, I, I can't do almost anything. I'm bad at everything but one thing. And mercifully, it is a valuable <laughs> talent to have. I can talk. I can talk until the cows come home. I can talk about anything you want, however you want. I can do it in multiple languages. I can do it for a very long time. I can do it fast if you want me to. I can do it slower if you want me to. I know where to put the pauses. I know how to put the emphasis on the correct syllable. I can talk. I'm loquacious. And I think the right way to describe me is companion. Generally speaking, the streets of New York are now broken up into two separate subsets of men that I walk past. One of them are a group of men who are speaking another language. In, in New York City, there are a million people uh, who, are, who are visiting, who are tourists, and they're not speaking English. All the rest of the men, when they walk past me in the street, say, hey, what's up, Greeny? They don't stop and mob me. They don't, but they know who I am because I've just been around forever. I've been around your whole life. Uh, people walk up to me who will say, my dad and I used to listen to you in the car when we were driving, when he was driving me to school. I'll say, how old are you? He'll say, I'm 27. I've just been, I've been around so long. I'm like part of the furniture now. I'm a companion. So I think that's the right way to describe me. I am your loquacious companion. That would be my two words that I think accurately depict my place in your life. Hembo, your reaction. So. I agree with you on loquacious, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that companion, companion is the best noun. You've been hanging out with me your whole life. I'm on TV. I'm on the radio. I'm on the podcast. Wherever you are, I'm there. You can't miss me. So you're just there. So then you're an ornament. You're not a companion. You're I'm, an ornament. I'm, I'm part of the furniture. I'm, I'm, I'm a companion. I keep you company. You got a long drive. What are we going to do? Oh, Greedy's on the radio for a couple hours. Used to be four hours <laughs> every day. At the podcast, it's on ESPN Plus. I got, I got a million. Wherever you go, I, I've written books. You can read a book wherever you go. I'm just there. Could we have gone with a different adjective also that we didn't all have to look up? You had to look up loquacious. Yes, I had to look up loquacious. What are you, a maroon? No, but I didn't get a, I didn't get a perfect score on my SAT. Loquacious like most of is our a listeners. commonly used word. Nuno, break the tie. Nuno is loquacious a commonly used word <laughs> by who? <laughs> <laughs> It is another word for verbose. I mean, it's loquacious. I, 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 is verbose a commonly used word? Yes. So you would be happier with a verbose companion? No, because when I think verbose, I think Stephen A. I don't think Greeny. That's what I agree with that. Verbose is, I feel almost has a, I, I was worried about the connotation of it. Like I thought it would mean that you talk too much. Like I just talk a lot and well. I'm just going to sit here and talk. Here's what happens. Here's what you don't know. In 30 seconds, we're going to go to a break. And then we're going to come back at the top of the hour and keep doing the show. But in those minutes in between, I will not stop talking. 
I will not stop talking. I will talk to Jonathan, who's running the camera. I will talk with Jenny, who is our stage manager. I'll talk with Hembo, who's sitting over here to my left. I'll just talk. That's what I do. Because I am your loquacious companion. And I have been for decades. So I think those are the appropriate two words to describe me. We continue in just a moment. This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.